This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Free will. We can accept or reject his offer. The Lord Jesus made his offer. He laid his offer on the table to buy us and save us from hell, to adopt us, to give us eternal life, to give us an entrance into heaven, a home in heaven forever. He offered to become our shepherd, to care for us, to love for us for all eternity. That was, eternity, that was his offer, and he put it on the table for us to think about it. He didn't want us to make a hasty decision. He wanted us to think it over very carefully before we signed ourselves away to him. And he wanted us to understand that if we accepted his offer with the payment of his blood, that we were going to be signing ourselves over to him. And if we accepted his offer, then the house of our bodies would no longer be owned by us. But he'd be the new owner of the house of our body, and we would continue to live in that body, but it meant now that our bodies would no longer be our own, which means that the direction for our lives and our decisions that would be made would become his directions and his decisions. That means we'd be reading the book that explains what his will is and the desires that he has, the Bible. That means that we would be constantly communicating with him to know his will, to know his desires. We'd be asking for his help. And that communication is prayer. The Bible in prayer would be where we, you, and I would get our direction. This was the agreement. This is a, if we accepted his offers, it's on the table. Salvation meant to accept his offer. That meant our hands would no longer be our own. We'd use them for his purposes. Our feet would no longer be our own. We'd use them to go where he wants us to go. Our voice would no longer be our own. We'd speak the words he wants us to speak. Our money would no longer be our own. We'd use it to, 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 for what he wants the money to be used for. Our heart 
would no longer be our own, but he's going to shape it and what he, what for what and who we should love. So his offer of salvation is on the table. You can, he says to us, you can take it or leave it. You can accept it or reject it. And if we accept it, he says, I'll send my spirit, the very spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, to live in that house with you. And he's going to reshape your desires to be in line with my desires. Philippians 2.13, Philippians 2.13. It's God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So when we accepted the Lord, the house of our bodies was sold. The house of our bodies that used to belong to us and in the past we could do with our bodies whatever we wanted to do. Now things are different. Now the rule is Philippians 121, Philippians 121, for me to live is Christ. The salvation contract that the Lord Jesus laid before us on the table reads, Luke 9, 23, Luke 9, 23, he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That was the same contract that the Lord Jesus put on the table for a man who ran to him because he liked that one part of the contract that promised that he could inherit eternal life. He wanted that. And there were, but there was another part of the contract that was a little sticky for that man, that man who wanted the inherited eternal life. And that was the one clause in the contract about him, him having to give up the right to his money. And that was because that one part of that contract that the, that, that one part of that contract, that was that one part about the money part that blew the whole deal up. The whole deal blew up, even though he really wanted the eternal life part. It's that one little part of the contract that caused him to walk away from the table, reject the contract, and the history is given for us of those negotiations, those failed negotiations in Mark 10, 17. Mark 10, 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may have to inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that's God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. He answered and said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions, and Jesus looked round about, saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his word. But Jesus answereth again, and saith unto him, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. What it means to break up the fallow ground is to accept the Lord's offer to purchase the life with his blood. And that means that a person gives up all his rights in life, which includes his right to his own money. That's what it means to break up the fallow ground. It means to accept his offer to be purchased, to be saved from sins. Now, sometimes a person enters into the contract, but then starts to take back parts of his life. He's agreed to give them initially to the Lord, I surrender all, he's sung. I surrender all to Jesus. 
I surrender. He's done that. But then he's said, well, but, and he takes these parts back. And that's a time when, when, when the Lord says, we, you need to review the contract again. You need to rededicate yourself to be loyal and keep the contract. And breaking up the, the ground means to be loyal, to rededicate. And sometimes the fallow ground, it means that there's weeds, there's thorns, there's tumbleweed there. And, and, the, and it, those have to be broken up. And this is what the Lord's referring to when he used the analogy in Mark 4.3, Mark 4.3. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Mark 4, 7, Mark 4, 7. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Verse 14, Mark 4, 14. The sower soweth the word. Mark 4, 18, verse 4, 18, Mark 4, 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. So here he's laid out for us three categories of weeds, of thorns, three categories that result in a wasted life, fallow ground, an ugly life for God, an unattractive life, an unfruitful life, a wasted life. And he says the three categories are in Mark 4, 9. Mark 4.19, Mark 4.19, he says, the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, those are the thorns that choke the word out and ruin a life for God. That, this is, there is the chokehold of the cares of this life, which are worries about here and now, worries over finances, over the house, over work, over the reputation, over health, over the future, those are the cares of this life that have a chokehold on the word. And then there's the chokehold of the deceitfulness of riches, which is going after money, which is believing the lie. Only I had money. All of my worries would be over. All of my problems in life would be, would be over. Oh, I hope they pass the rescue bill and I get $1,400 or whatever it's going to be tomorrow, be a different figure. Those are the ambitions for wealth, the ambitions for wealth. And then there's the chokehold of the lust of you fill in the blank. He said, lust of other things. Usually lust is thought of to be in the sexual realm, but not only there's a lust for pleasure, a lust for vacations, a lust for travel, a lust for hobbies, a lust for enjoyments. The Lord just said lust of other things because there are so many of them, he couldn't even list them the pleasures that are dreamed of that have nothing to do with God, the pleasures that are dreamed of. And those are the chokeholds that cause the ground of a life to remain fallow. The cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. Worries over the urgent, ambitions to get wealth, and dreams of pleasure. To break up the fallow ground means to remove those choking weeds from the life. And those are a part of what the Bible refers to as the old man inside of us, the old man inside of us. The old man has all his rights and he demands all his rights. The old man protested and said, don't sell the house. Uh, this house has belonged to me. I've always wanted to do and I have done with it what I want to do. Don't sell. But the, old man, the old man certainly does not yield his rights to the Lord Jesus Christ 
as Romans 6.13 says, Romans 6.13, yield yourselves unto God. The old man trusts in no one except for himself. That's the Frank Sinatra motto. The old man says, my way and no other way, my way. I did it my way. The old man trusted no one except for himself. The old man asked for directions in life from no one except himself. The old man certainly does not do Romans 3, 5, and 6. Romans 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. The old man submits to no one. He certainly does not submit to James 4, 7, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. The old man lives for one purpose, one purpose, one rule in his life, please himself, please himself. The old man certainly doesn't have any interest in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1, how you ought to walk and please God. So the question is, what should be done with this old man inside of us? Should the old man be re-educated? Should the old man be reformed? Should the old man be locked up? Should the old man be, be, be retrained and then released into the society of our lives? Well, the Bible says in Romans 6, 6, what should be done with the old man, Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Hebrews 4.22, Hebrews 4.22, that you put off or banish, expel, cast out, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful loves. So seeing the old man in us as dead with Christ on the cross is part of what's involved in breaking up the fallow ground. Putting off the old man means to give us, to, to, to give him no attention as we would give no attention to a dead corpse, to a dead corpse. When weeding a ground, it's, it's, it, it's, it, 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 every, we all know that if we go to weed a ground, he says, I know how to get rid of these weeds. Give me the weed whacker. I'll just cut them all off at the head and not do anything about the roots. You can be sure they'll be back. They'll be back because weeding is only effective if you get the roots, deep weeding. And the best deep weeding tool to use, my wife used to have all these different tools for deep weeding, and she used to tell me, this one with the fork in the middle, that's what you use to get this. Anyway, the best deep weeding tool to use is this. This is the best deweeding weeding tool to use because God said about that tool for deweeding, weeding Romans 23, 29, Romans 23, 29, is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces, weeding out those choking weeds, getting rid of those rocks is what repentance is all about. Repentance and the Bible, the goodness of God leads us to repentance through the Bible. And the fir first, with repentance, first, the heart, our hearts are broken for sin. That's what the Bible does. It causes us to see ourselves in the mirror and, and our heart, every first step of repentance is to be broken for sin. And then the second is that the part of repentance is that the heart is broken from sin. First broken for sin and then broken from sin. That's what's involved in breaking up the, the, the fallow ground. Now, one thing about those beautiful fields in, in Baja South, 
One thing about them is that those beautiful fields of fruits, vegetables, and oh, they have lemon, no lemon, orange trees, and it's beautiful. I didn't see, as I was driving there, I didn't see one weed in those fields. Those fields were not shared with any weeds, which means that those fields were not divided. There was not a weed patch and then a vegetable and, and fruit patch, or there was not weeds in the middle of it. And that was the problem that God described in verse two. In verse two, God said, in Hosea 10, two, their heart is divided. A divided a heart is a heart that sometimes wants to serve God and sometimes wants to serve self. Sometimes wants to see the body is owned by God and sometimes want to see the body is owned by self. And to break up the fallow ground is to not share the field with weeds. It's to get rid of the divided heart. It's to say, I can be, uh, 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 I can only be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ if I am a full-time, 100% all the time follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't be a follower of the Lord and still have a little life just for myself and not for God. Breaking up the fallow ground means to get rid of the divided heart. Uh, verse two, their heart is divided, is very much like, uh, like our hymn says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Now, breaking up the fallow ground means to realize, verse 12, verse 12, it is time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord. When God says it is time, he means that the time for action has come. It is time means that there's no more time to lose. Probably the most common thought when a person goes to die, and I haven't done that yet, thank God. But maybe the most common thought is, now? So soon? Right now? So soon, Lord? I was planning on. It's time means so much time has been lost, and now is the time to stop the loss of any more time. Time lost by not living a life for God. Time lost by not making a believer afraid to die. Time lost because a believer is ashamed to die. Time lost because of loss of productivity. It took a lot of work and a lot of time to transform a, a, a Baja South desert into a, a, a garden, a fruitful garden. And, and a delayed decision on a piece of ground in Baja South meant no fruit for that much more time. Just like the picture of the Bible who delayed to work, delayed to work in Proverbs 24, 30. Proverbs 24, 30. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little slumber, a little sleep, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. You know, it, when God says it is time to seek the Lord, it really brings the question of how long has it been? How long shall it be? 
just like another hymn, how long has it been since you talked to the Lord, talked with the Lord, and told him your heart's hidden secrets? How long since you prayed? How long since you stayed on your knees till the light shone through? How long has it been since your mind felt at ease? How long since your heart knew no burden? Can you call him your friend? How long has it been since you knew that he cared for you? How long has it been since you knelt by your bed and prayed to the Lord up in heaven? How long since you knew that he answered you and would keep you the long night through? How long has it been since you woke with the dawn and felt that the day is worth the living? Can you call him your friend? How long has it been since he knew, since you knew that he cared for you? It's time, it's time, God says, it's time to start living for God. It's time, when God says it's time, first and foremost for the lost person, the person who has not made this decision, the person who is still holding the title deed to his own life, to his own body, to his own heart. It is time means it's time with salvation. God says in 2 Corinthians 6.2, 2 Corinthians 6.2, 2 He saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It is time. When God said it is time, it means there will never be a better time. It is time calls, it calls God so, to break up the fallow ground and live for God, and that's urgent. When God says it's time, that means it's urgent. Just like the fire alarm goes off in the fire station, and that fire alarm is saying, it's time to get on the engine and go to the fire. It's time. I was speaking with my, 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 my good friend, Barry, this last week about different people that we have known over the last 30 years and work in medical diagnostic fields. And, and, I, and I said, oh, Barry, do you know this person? And Barry said, did he die also? <laughs> I didn't even say anything about him yet. We're getting to that age, you know. It's time means that an opportunity might be lost. This was the greatest tragedy in the history of the Jewish people. The greatest tragedy in Israel's history is when they did not realize that the Lord Jesus Christ was their Messiah, is their Messiah, was their God, is their God, and he came in human form to visit them. But it was too late when they realized, or when they will realize, in Jeremiah 8.20, Jeremiah 8.20, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. The Lord said about his visitation to them in Luke 19.44, Luke 19.44, they shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. And God's word to Israel and to us is verse 12. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your loving care and compassion. Lord, for that you don't rest and you continue to warn and to direct before it's too late. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.